Hey everyone, good morning. I want to welcome you once again to Toronto City Church and to our online worship experience. It is the August long weekend and I trust you are having an amazing time with family, having an amazing time with friends, whether you're home, whether you've been able to travel a little bit, maybe even you're catching up on service a little later throughout the week. I am so glad you're here. I'm so glad that we're joining together and I'm just thankful for what God's doing. I'm thankful for what God's doing this summer here at Toronto City Church. And so it's the first Sunday of the month, so you know what we like to do on the first Sunday of the month. Number one, it is going to be a communion Sunday. And so if you do not yet have the communion elements, I'd encourage you even go right now, make sure you have the elements ready because we're gonna be taking communion together and we're gonna be praying together as a church family. And I'm looking forward to in the fall when we're back in person, we're gonna be able to take communion together when the time's right. But in the meantime, we're gonna have a great time taking communion virtually today. Secondly, it's also Healing School Sunday. And so we're excited about this. We're excited to keep leaning in and to keep focusing in on what God is speaking to us regarding healing and the supernatural. Guys, I know I say this quite a bit, but I am more convinced than ever that our world needs to see a demonstration of the power of God. They don't just need to hear about God. They don't just need to hear about his power, but they need to see it. They need to experience it in their lives. You know, I'm reminded of this from 1 Corinthians 2, verse 4 and 5. It says this, And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. And so today, we're going to be leaning in once again to grow in power. We're going to be leaning in once again to grow in healing. Are you with me on this? All right, let's just pray right now. Let's commit this time to the Lord. And then we're going to dive into the teaching for today. Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you so much that you came preaching and teaching, but you also came healing. And it was not just something that you did, but it was something that you called us to, even in the Great Commission, to lay hands on the sick and see them recover that you, more than any of us, could possibly want your power to be demonstrated to the world. You want your power to be demonstrated to the world. And so I thank you today as we take some more time, and especially to look at some, you know, look at some of the miracles you worked, to look at some of what you did, that you are going to speak to each one of us. I thank you that as a church family, I thank you that in each one of our lives, we are growing in healing, we are growing in the supernatural, and we are growing in the power of God. And I pray today, particularly for anyone who's listening to this message, who has sickness or disease in their body, who's in need of healing in some way, that your word is going to build faith in their hearts that they are going to encounter your power and they're going to be healed today in Jesus' name. And everyone agreed with me, said, amen. All right, well, I want you to go with me to Matthew chapter 8. And so if you want to turn with me to Matthew chapter 8, we're going to take some time and just work through this chapter today because it gives many examples of Jesus moving in healing. And we're going to talk about what we can learn from it and what it would speak to us. I'm going to read it to you from the Passion Translation. You know, why are we looking at Jesus? Why are we looking at the life of Jesus? Because our model for the healing, our model for the supernatural is Jesus. We are called to follow his example. We are called to follow in his footsteps, right? For so many people, they look at Jesus and they see it as, well, that's just Jesus. 
That's just what Jesus did. That, 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 that's just because he's the son of God. But he made it very clear, and the scriptures made it very clear, that he was carving out a pathway for us to follow. That's why we're being Christians, Christ-like one, right? We're following the ways of Jesus, and part of following the ways of Jesus is moving in the power that he moved in. That's why he gave us his name. That's why he gave us his authority. And so when we want to learn more about healing, when we want to learn more about the supernatural, he is the first person that we should be looking at. Right? So the more that we meditate on his example, the more that we meditate on what he did, we can learn and we can grow in healing and the supernatural ourselves. So today it's going to be real simple. We're going to read through Matthew chapter 8. We're not going to get through all of it, but we're going to read through it and we're just going to talk about what can we learn from Jesus' example. So let's start in Matthew chapter 8. We're going to start at verse 1. It starts with Jesus healing the leper. And it says, and after he came down from teaching on the hillside, massive crowds began following him. Suddenly, a leper walked up to Jesus and threw himself down before him and worshipped him. And he said, Lord, you have the power to heal me if you really want to. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the leper and said, of course I want to heal you. Be healed. And instantly, all signs of leprosy disappeared. Then Jesus said to him, don't speak to anyone, but go at once. Uh, don't speak to anyone, but go at once and find a priest and show him what has happened to you. Make sure to take the offering Moses commanded so he can certify your healing. Now let's pause here for a second and talk about several key things I believe the Lord would want to say to us today. Number one, this leper comes. So Jesus, leading this chapter, right? Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 7, is Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. It's the longest recorded message that we have that Jesus preached. And so we really want to pay attention to Matthew 5, Matthew 6, and Matthew 7 because there's so much in there where Jesus is laying out what kingdom life looks like, right? Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is huge, and then John 13, 14, and 15 is also very huge. These are two really key things you want to study a lot to understand Jesus' perspective, Jesus' mentality, to understand Jesus' heart. So he finishes up at the end of Matthew chapter 7, and then we move into Matthew chapter 8. We see here, he comes down the mountain, it says crowds start to fall, and then this leper comes to him. And the first thing it says, the leper falls down and worships him. Now, this really leapt out to me, just in re always remembering the connection between worship and healing. Right? There is a huge kingdom connection between worship and between healing our lives. It's between worshiping God. And when we worship God, we actually create an atmosphere for there to be healing. Whenever we worship, we create an atmosphere for God to move. We create an atmosphere for God to manifest himself and to demonstrate themselves. And one of the key things in worship is it creates, when we come to worship with the right heart, it creates an atmosphere for healing. Have you ever thought about that with worship? Like, why does God want us to worship him, right? Why does God command us to worship him? And obviously it's because he's so good, he's so awesome, he's so holy, he is so deserving of our worship. I mean, if there's anything that just makes sense, worshiping God just makes sense. But when you know the heart of God, you know that whenever he asks us to do something, there's always purpose and reason behind it. And one of the things that I've learned is, number one, you become more like that which you worship. Right? Whatever you worship, whatever you place a high worth or a high value on, you make space for, and it begins to impact you, influence you. You become what you behold is a way to say it. And so part of why God calls us to worship is the more we worship him, the way we're built and we're wired is we become what we behold. We become more like him. But also when we worship, there's this atmosphere and this opportunity for exchange. 
There's this opportunity for a manifestation of more of what he wants to do because we're getting our eyes off all the things going around us. We're putting our eyes on him, right? Remember with uh, James and John, when, or sorry, Peter and John, when they went to the temple and there was the man who was lame there and, and, and they said, look at me. Right? There's something about giving your attention, giving your focus. And what worship does is worship causes us to give our attention to God, to put our focus on Him. And this creates an atmosphere for healing. It's one of the reasons why I've been so thankful to be back together for our Friday Night Lights, why I'm so excited to come back together corporately. I'm so excited about doing healing schools when we're together. Because I'm not taking away from the power of, of what's happening here. And God can definitely move through this context even today. I'm expecting Him to do so. But there's just something about when we're together and we're worshiping him, it creates an atmosphere for healing. It creates an atmosphere for miracles. Never forget the power of worship. Even more so, if you're believing for healing or you're wanting to grow in healing, one of the, most, one of the best things you can do is engage in private worship. Set aside worship time because it creates that atmosphere. If you're contending for healing in your life or someone close to you, spend lots of time worshiping in a spirit of faith. Why? Because it's going to create an atmosphere. Come on, somebody, wherever you are right now, say worship creates an atmosphere. And so we see that he worshiped Jesus and there's this power of worship. Second, though, I want you to see, he comes to Jesus, he says, you know, if you want me to be healed. And I love this, and this is from the Passion Translation. But I love, I can just so hear Jesus say, of course I want you. Of course I want to heal you. Be healed. Right? Of course I want to heal you. Be healed. Yo, we talked about this in the past. We've talked about this at different healing schools. But it is so important that we are fully convinced that healing is always God's will for us. Right? Let me say that again. We need to be fully convinced that healing is always God's will for our lives. Now, I don't think when Matthew was writing and the Holy Spirit was inspiring him, that it was an accident that he wrote about this miracle first. There was many things he could have written about, and obviously there was a certain degree of uh, it being sequential because he's coming down from the mountain, but I, I still know the intentionality and the purpose of God, even the way he puts things in the scriptures. And so we see that Matthew 1 to 4 kind of lays the foundation. It talks about Jesus being baptized. It talks about Jesus going into the wilderness, overcome temptation. He returns in the power of the Spirit. And then Matthew 5, 6, and 7 really goes into his Sermon on the Mount. And then Matthew 8 is where we see them really start to talk about miracles. And the very first miracle, one of the key themes in it is Jesus saying, of course I want to heal you, be healed. Right? There's someone coming and saying, I know you have the power to, but I don't know if you want to. And Jesus just stamps it right from the beginning and says, of course I want to heal you. Be healed. And guys, every single one of us, are in one way or another when it comes to healing, are asking the same question. Lord, I know you have the power to heal me, but do you really want to? Right? And I believe that Jesus did not just say to this man in that place, of course I do. Be healed. But he says that to us as well. Of course I want to heal you. Be healed. There's so much that I could talk in this today. And uh, if you have questions about it, I mean, hit me up an email because I love to talk about these kind of things. But what the enemy wants to do is if he can't get us just to completely doubt that God would heal at all, what he wants to do is his next strategy is going to be to get us to doubt that God wants to heal us. 
right? There's so many different ways that that comes, you know, well, maybe God's trying to teach me something, or maybe God has some divine purpose for me being sick, or maybe it just, he doesn't love me enough. I mean, he comes from so many different angles, but what I want to encourage you today, I don't think there's any accident that is right here in the book of Matthew, that Jesus' heart for you today is, of course, I want to heal you, be healed. Furthermore, if we study out the scriptures, it says, by his stripes we were healed. He already made healing available to us through dying on the cross and through rising again. He's already made it available to us, but that we settle once and for all that God's will for me is healing. That God's will in my life is that I would be healed. And then please hear me, guys. I don't approach this point flippantly or lightly because I know usually we're asking these questions when there's a sickness or a disease that we're not seeing healed yet or that we haven't seen a breakthrough yet. And we really wrestle with, like genuinely, well, maybe does God not want me to be healed? Or maybe does God not want me to be healed right now? And I want to encourage you. We need to settle these questions in our heart and mind, and we need to hear Jesus speak to you. Of course I want to heal you. Be healed. You know, if I was to say it really simply, guys, when we're asking about God's heart in this area, uh, I remember hearing uh, Bill Johnson actually said this once, but he said, Jesus Christ is perfect theology. If we want to know what God's like, we just need to look at Jesus, right? And I know there can be lots of discussions and verses and all these things, and we need to really work through those, explore those things, but if we want to really distill it down to just simplicity, look at Jesus, look at the way Jesus lived, look at the way Jesus ministered, look at the way Jesus healed, that is going to show us the will of God. And guys, you know what? I can't find anywhere in the Bible where someone came to Jesus for healing. And he said, no, no, you keep that sickness. Uh, I'm teaching you something right now. Or no, no, God the Father doesn't want you to be healed. God the Father wants you sick. Or no, don't you understand? God the Father gave this to you. Right? We never see Jesus say that. We never see Jesus operate the way. And he is the one, he says, if you see me, you've seen the Father. And so look to Jesus today. Look to Jesus' heart and understand in coming to Jesus, he is never going to say no to healing. Now, I know some people, again, we rest, we say, okay, well, why, why then has it not happened yet? Or why have I not seen a breakthrough yet? And obviously, we can, that's what we're doing healing school for, because we're talking about how to grow in healing and walk in healing. But put your focus on Jesus today. As it says in Hebrews chapter 12, look unto Jesus today. Look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Look to him. He says, yes. He says, my heart is to heal you. You know, one last thing I want to point out from this part of the passage before we keep reading is... One thing that does encourage me is notice Jesus doesn't rebuke the man for struggling with some doubt. Jesus doesn't rebuke him. He doesn't say, oh, you're not ready. You're not ready to be healed. You're still having doubt. No, no, listen, he, he said, he, Jesus just came right in there and spoke his word and said, no, of course I want you to be healed. And so that encourages me and I pray it encourages you because all of us, we got to work through these things. And we are going to struggle with doubt sometimes. We are going to struggle with different thoughts or different mindsets that come. But here's the key. This man in the middle of his doubt and his struggle, he still went to Jesus. And in the same way, just go back to Jesus. If you're struggling with doubt, go back to Jesus. If you're struggling with fear, go back to Jesus. If you're struggling with, I don't know, and it's just taking a while, go back to Jesus. Come on, somebody where you are right now, say, go back to Jesus. All right, let's keep reading here. So we're going to start at verse 5. It says, So when Jesus entered the village of Capernaum, a captain in the Roman army approached him, asking for a miracle. Lord, he said, I have a son who is lying in my home, paralyzed and suffering terribly. And Jesus responded, I will go with you and I will heal him. 
But the Roman officer interjected, Lord, who am I to have you come into my house? I understand your authority. For I too am a man who walks under authority and have authority over soldiers who serve under me. I can tell one to go and he'll go and another to come and he'll come. I command my servants and they'll do whatever I ask. So I know that all you need to do is to stand here and command healing over my son and he will be instantly healed. Verse 10, it says, And Jesus was astonished when he heard this and said to those who were following him, He has greater faith than anyone I've encountered in Israel. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. Multitudes of Gentiles will stream from the east and the west and enter into the heavenly kingdom with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But many Israelites born to be heirs of the kingdom will be turned away and banished in the darkness will be bitter weeping and unbearable anguish. Then Jesus turned to the Roman officer and said, Go home. All that you have believed for you will be done for you. And his son was healed at that very moment. Now, let's talk a little bit about this section. And again, we're, we're pulling some different highlights. There's so many amazing things we could pull from this. You know, the first thing that jumps out to me from this part of the chapter is just the heart of a parent. Right? I don't know about you, all of you who are parents, but I can imagine if my son was sick and was dying, right? And, and, and my son was, was about to pass away. I mean, think of just what would you do as a parent? What would I do? to try and find a solution, to try and find an answer. I mean, I would do anything I could. And I say that truly from the bottom of my heart. I would do anything possible, right? There's this part of the heart of the parent. You'd rather suffer yourself than have your child suffer that. And why this really stood out to me was, guys, there's so many parents, some within our church community, but many, many, many in our community around us right now who are in this exact spot where they have a child who needs to be healed. Right? They have a child who, who that, that medicine does not have an answer for. Doctors do not have an answer for. And I, I, I'm thankful for medicine. I'm thankful for doctors. We just speak blessing over them today in every way we possibly can, but they don't have an answer. And, but yet Jesus has the answer. But will we be a church family that will lean in together to bring this answer to people? Right? This just this jumped out to me so much because they need to know that there's an answer. Will we lean in together to be that bridge? Right, I don't mean to be cliched, but to be his hands, to be his feet. Will we press into this together so that parents can bring their children to Jesus and see their children healed and raised up? This is just stirring in my heart so strongly. Will we be a church community that goes after this together? Another thing that stands out to me from this part of the chapter is the whole concept of authority. You know, it, it's interesting because it, it very specifically, there's this whole conversation between Jesus and the centurion about authority, and then Jesus moves into talking about faith. And here's really quickly what I've come to understand. The more we walk in authority, we walk under authority, and we walk in godly authority, the better we will flow and function the kingdom of God. And guys, could I suggest today and say as well, the more that we walk under God's authority and in alignment with God's authority, the more we're going to walk in healing power and the supernatural, right? There's an important key for us to get here. Now, what does it mean to walk under authority? Obviously, we could do entire sermons and series on this. Let me say this really quickly today. Number one, it means we're under the lordship of Jesus. Right? The Bible uses the word Savior somewhere between 78 times, 70 to 80 times. It uses the word Lord, which is the Greek word kurios, and then it's another word in the Hebrew in the Old Testament, over 6,000 times. We like that Jesus is our Savior, but there's this call to make him our Lord. 
And that means that I'm no longer living my life for myself. I'm no longer my own boss, but I'm submitting it and I'm yielding to you. There are too many believers, guys, and if we're honest, many of us in our own lives, there's areas where we are not submitting or yielding to the leadership of Jesus. We're doing things our own way and asking Jesus to bless us. Right? Being a Christian is more than just having a really nice benefits package where I get to go to heaven and hell and I get blessed and prosperous, but I still just do things my own way. No, there's a call to the lordship of Jesus. There's a call to following him, to following his leadership in our lives. And the more we walk under the lordship of Jesus, the more we're going to walk in the power of Jesus. But the more we do not walk under the lordship of Jesus, the less we're going to walk in the power of Jesus. And I would suggest to you today that one of the reasons that the church in many ways has been powerless is because we are not following the lordship of Jesus the way we need to. And I'll say that to be harsh about it, but just to be straightforward, guys, we need to each one of us examine our hearts and say, am I truly yielded to the lordship and the leadership of Jesus in our lives? Furthermore, this flows into our right relationship with God's authority in our lives. Right? With God's authority that he's placed over us, part of yielding to the Lordship of Jesus is learning to have right relationship with authority around us. And there's so much more I could say about this, but I want to encourage you. The more we align with his authority, the more we're going to flow in his power. Ask the Lord today, Lord, how can I, be, uh, how can I walk more under your authority? Are there areas you want to speak to me about or areas you want to deal with me about where I am not walking under authority, right? The right relationship with authority in our lives is so important, right? And I love the last part from this passage where it talks about, the centurion said, listen, command healing over my son. I grew up around the King James Version, but he said, at your word, my son will be healed. And this just reminds me when it comes to healing in the supernatural about the power in the word of God. There is power in God's word. Today, the power that would come through this message is not the words that I speak, but it is the word of God that is being spoken. There is power in the word. Come on, somebody where you are right now say there's power in the word of God. Let me show you a couple of verses about this. Psalm 107 verse 20 says this, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Proverbs 4, 20 to 22 says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. We want to grow in healing. Let's go deeper in the word regarding healing. That's one of the reasons we've been doing these healing school Sundays every single month. But guys, if we want to step it up, we've got to go beyond just once a month. We need to be in the word regularly regarding healing. If you're believing for healing, if you're believing God to move there, take time every single day and get in his word and let his word give in you. Like it said there in Proverbs, give attention to my words. Pay attention to it. Invest in it and watch what what God does. All right, one last part I want to read before we go. Verse 14, it says this, Then Jesus entered Peter's home and found Peter's mother-in-law bedridden, severely ill with a fever. The moment Jesus touched her hand, she was healed. Immediately she got up and she began to make dinner for them. And that evening, the people brought to him many who were demonized, and Jesus only speaking a word of healing over them. Uh, and by Jesus only speaking a word of healing over them, they were totally set free from their torment. And everyone who was sick received their healing. In doing this, Jesus fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. He put upon himself our weaknesses 
and he carried away our diseases and made us well. Couple final thoughts, and then we're going to take communion together and we're going to pray. Number one, I want us to see from this passage that God wants to bring healing from physical sickness and disease, but he also wants to bring healing from demonic torment. One of the things that I think is going to be so key as we continue to grow in healing is God also wants us to grow in the ministry of deliverance. He wants us to grow in our theology and our understanding of deliverance. God wants us to flow in healing, but he also wants us to flow in deliverance. And I believe these two things are going to be very connected in the coming move of God. And one level, this just makes sense, guys. Because the enemy loves to come into people's lives and get them in bondage. He loves to come and, and get you know, hooks in them where he holds on to them. And healing is not just about physical, but it's also about emotional and it's about spiritual. And God is bringing us into a place where everyday believers are going to be walking in the ministry of deliverance. Now, I know this kind of freaks some of us out a little bit because we're like, okay, pastor, I, I'm good with healing. But, but I don't know about casting out demons. Like, you know, you've watched one too many movies. And, and again, don't get your theology from movies about, you know, Hollywood movies about deliverance, all right? But here's the deal. God does not want us to be afraid. Here's a promise Jesus gave us. Luke 10, 19, he said this, Behold, I give you authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. God has given you as his son or as his daughter authority over serpents, scorpions, which are really symbolic of demonic spirits and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Right? The enemy wants to come with fear when it comes to deliverance. And yes, we need to grow in our understanding. We need to grow in our doing. But I know Pastor Sharon and even Pastor Samuel, School of the Spirit, they're also working now on getting behind the scenes some deliverance training. But guys, God wants us to walk in deliverance. But we can go with confidence that he's given us authority uh, to trample on serpents, scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy. In the name of Jesus, you have authority over all the power of the enemy. And so this is something that we're going to be growing into. And I think we may even take a few healing school Sundays and actually focus on the ministry of deliverance as well as the ministry of healing, right? Because this is part of healing. And guys, let me say one last thing to this. I want to, we got to bring this to a close, but I know it kind of can freak some of us a little bit. Maybe, maybe some of you are just even a little freaked out right now. But guys, people need to be delivered. Are we going to allow our fear to cause us to hold back from setting people free who are in demonic bondage, right? It's worth to push through whatever we need to push through, guys, because the enemy is holding people in bondage. And we have the answer. The answer is Jesus. The answer is his love. The answer is his power. The answer is his authority. And it's worth pushing through to see people set free, right? It's worth pushing through to see the power of the bondage of the enemy broken off the lives of people. And so let's push into this together because there's a world around us that needs it right now. And I promise you, after all the trauma that people have been through with this last season and COVID-19 and the fear and all these things, the level of demonization is just increasing the lives of people. But God is saying, I want my church to rise up with delivering power to set people free. You can be free from a spirit of fear. You can be free from a spirit of depression. You can be free from a spirit of oppression. You can be free from a spirit of lust. You can be free in Jesus' name. Right? But God says, I want you to partner with me to set the captives free. Come on, somebody say, set the captives free. And so this is what we're going after. This is what we're together. Yeah, and I love this. One last thing. I would just, it's kind of like we finished right where we started. 
right? At the beginning, it was this leper saying to Jesus, I know you have the power, but do you want me to be healed? Jesus says, of course I do be healed. And I love this in this last part that we're reading here. It says that, and everyone who was sick received their healing. Everyone who was sick received their healing. Not just some, not just a few, not just those that Jesus felt were particularly spiritual at that time or had done their devotion. No, everyone who was sick received their healing. It brings us right back to this truth that Jesus' heart is for everyone to be healed. So not Jesus' heart for everyone, but that means it's you. If you're listening today, you're watching this, and you've got a sickness or disease in your body, Jesus' heart is for you to be healed. Just as he said to that leper, of course I'm willing, be healed. I believe that he wants you to hear him say to you today, of course I'm willing, be healed. And so with that in mind, let's take communion together, and let's pray and believe and agree together for healing power to touch every person. Amen? All right, grab your elements. I'll be right back with you in just a moment. All right, well, we are ready to take communion together today. And I really want to encourage you. There was, there was so much that we talked about today. There was so much we pulled from this passage. But I really want to center in just on what Jesus said. Of course I want to heal you. Be healed. And I want to just center in and as we take communion together. Each one of us is really receiving a fresh revelation of God's heart for us. Right? That's the battleground the enemy is going to fight us on so often is does God really want to? Is it really going to happen for you? Does he really want it to be there? And today I believe God wants us to hear his heart for us. But you also notice today as I taught, there was a theme that it's not just his heart for us, because sometimes we can be selfish and all we focus on is healing for us. But what about healing for the world around us? What about healing for Toronto? What about healing for those parents who don't have an answer? What about deliverance for people who are in bondage to the enemy? Will we believe for them? Will we have a heart for them, not just for us? And so today as we take communion, let's believe for us because it's totally fine to believe for us. There's more than enough healing to go around. And when you receive it in your life, you're better able to give it away to others. So let's believe for us, but let's also really catch this heart for those parents with a child, for, for uh, those who are bound by the enemy. Right For those, those mothers, mother-in-laws, like when Jesus went in with Peter and healed his mother-in-law, for those lepers who, who are, you know, they've got this sickness that cuts them off from society, that cuts them off from life. Let's believe for them. Let's believe for us, but let's believe for them too. Amen? So on the same night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body which is broken for you. Right? This is my body which is broken for the leper. This is my body which is broken for that parent with that child who's sick. This is my body that is broken for uh, those who, who, who need deliverance, who are in bondage to the enemy. This is my body which is broken. Whenever you eat this, do so in remembrance of me. Let's eat together today in remembrance of what he's done for us, but also what he's done for the world around us. Scriptures also say he took the cup. He said, this is my blood which is shed for you. Right? Remember, this is the blood that was shed for me. This is the blood that was shed for that parent, the leper. This is the blood that was shed for, for those who are in bondage. Whenever you drink this, do so in remembrance of me. Let's drink it together in remembrance of him. 
You know, just before we pray, something that even struck me as I said that. Part of remembering him is doing what we did today, where we go through and we read and we meditate and we pray on what Jesus did. And we read and we meditate and we pray into what Jesus said. Remember him. That's what today was all about. Next month in healing school again, we're, we're just going to go through another chapter and we're going to remember him more. Right? We'll remember him, and as we remember him, something powerful happens. And so let's, let's lean in for healing right now. And I'm, I'm believing too, we're going to lean in for deliverance right now. Because there's maybe some people watching, and the enemy's been tormenting you or attacking you. We're going to take authority, and we're going to lean in for deliverance today too, in Jesus' name. So Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you. And we thank you. Uh, just even as today we've studied the life and ministry of Jesus. And Jesus, we've seen how you healed people and your heart and your willingness that people would be healed. We've seen your heart for the father who is the centurion, right? We've seen your heart for, uh, Lord, for just all the people in Capernaum where all were healed. And Lord, we know you carry that same heart for us and you carry that same heart for the world around us. And so we just thank you today in Jesus' name, whatever sickness, whatever disease there is, we just declare be healed in Jesus' name. We declare, be healed in the name of Jesus. We also declare today in Jesus' name, be delivered. We take authority over every evil spirit that's tormenting or harassing or attacking people. We bind you right now in Jesus' name and we command you to be quiet and we command you to leave their life in the name of Jesus. We speak freedom today. Not in our own strength, not in our own authority, but in the authority, in the broken body, the shed blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You go today in Jesus' name. Sickness, you go today in Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you just for us continuing to grow in healing, to grow in deliverance, God, because the world around us needs it. It's not just a nice theological concept. There's people who are suffering and are in need. And I pray that we will be those who will be your hands, who will be your feet, who will go and will take your power to everyone in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's just take a moment before the Lord right now. Thank you, Lord. Healing come. Deliverance come. Flow today in Jesus' name. And everyone who agreed with me said, Amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right, well, just before we go today, as always, it's been so good to be together, but I want to make sure I give an opportunity to anyone listening today who does not know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. See, the Bible teaches us that God loves us with an everlasting love, but we've been separated from that love because of sin. Because of sin, we deserve judgment. We deserve design punishment. I'm not just talking about you. I'm talking about me. We all deserved it, right? All have sinned. All have fallen short of God's glorious standard. That's the bad news, but here's the good news, right? Romans 6.23 says this. It says, the wages of sin is death, right? We all deserve death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. God came, his son, Jesus came, and he died and he rose again. He said, I want to give you a gift of salvation. Yeah, you deserve uh, death. You deserve eternal punishment, but I'm going to take your place, and I'm going to give you this free gift of salvation. And all you need to do is turn your back on sin and put your faith and trust in me. And so if you're watching today and you know you need to do that, or you know you did at some point in the past, but you've fallen away and you need to come back, today is your day. Just pray this prayer with me right now. Say, Jesus, thank you for your love for me. Thank you that you came for me. 
Thank you that you died. Thank you that you rose again. Today I turn my back on sin and I commit my life to you. Forgive me. Fill me. Free me. I want to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, I want you to know God has heard you. The Bible says all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. I know it may seem, sound too simple. That's all there is? Well, yes, that's all there is. It's calling out to him. But then there's also now starting to walk with him. Because it's not just about a one-time prayer, but it's about a journey of following Jesus. And so if you prayed this prayer, we would love to be able to pray with you, to encourage you, to back you up. If you just click the button on the screen or contact us here at the church and let us know, we'd love to get a Bible to you. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to stand with you as you walk this out. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. All right, well, everyone, it's been so good to be together, so good to connect as a church family. I pray you just continue to have an amazing long weekend. Let's continue to have an amazing summer. We're continuing with our Friday night lights. Check the calendar for dates. There's things happening for youth. There's things happening in connections. And we're also really gearing up and getting ready for the fall when we're believing we're gonna be able to get back together in person Sunday mornings. I'm so excited about it. I'm so excited just to be able to preach to all of you in person. I, I think that first Sunday especially, I'm probably going to have tears of joy or something. It's going to be amazing. But beyond all that, thank you so much for being here today. Let's continue to lean into what God's doing. Let's continue to pursue him together as a church family. Amen? Amen. God bless you guys.